the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Welcome to Biblical Citizens. We are talking today with Mr. John Leake. He's the co-author of a new book called The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex. Mr. Leake is a freelance investigator, writer, translator, and the author of award-winning true crime books that have been made into documentaries. He's a graduate of Boston University. He's lived in Vienna for over a decade. And most recently, he's teamed up with world-renowned cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough to tell his amazing story in a fascinating new book. And I've read this book. It is really interesting. So many of us are familiar with Dr. McCullough, and we've been following him all along with the with the COVID crisis. Uh, but this book tells exactly what happened, you know, in more detail behind the scenes in his life, and it, it's just very well done by Mr. Leake and Dr. McCullough teaming up together. Uh, so we are going to talk about the crimes that have been committed by the big pharma especially the suppression of early treatments. And there's so many people that did not need to die uh, that did. Early on in the COVID crisis, Dr. McCullough figured out treatments that should have ended the crisis, the repurposed drugs, hydroxychloroquine and zinc, and the budesimide and anticoagulants. But instead of utilizing his effective treatments and ending the pandemic, the medical establishment and the corporate press censored him, tried to ruin his sterling reputation, and he was, you know, let go from his job, all these things. We're going to learn more about it from his co-author and researcher, Mr. John Lake. Welcome to our show today. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I found it really interesting what you said in the very first sentence of your book. You said, and I quote, you said, soon after the SARS-CoV-2 started spreading in the United States, I sensed that the official pandemic response was full of fraudulent misrepresentations. And that's exactly what happened to me. I'm a trained nurse, and I just noticed that nothing made sense. They were doing the opposite of what you would do as a medical person from everything we know about infectious disease. So how did you come upon the the observation, as so many people did not, that there were lies being told in and misrepresentations being uh, perpetrated. Well, the first first thing that I I noticed um, when I really started paying attention to this 
was in February of 2020. I, I was following the reporting coming out of Milan, Italy. And I've lived in Italy, and I'm, I'm familiar with the, the conditions in that country. And the one thing that quickly emerged was that in terms of hospitalization and death, which are the outcomes that we really worry about. I mean, if you stay at home with even if it's a pretty severe case of the flu or something like that, you know, you can it may be pretty rough going, but you can get through it. Um, it's going to hospital and requiring intensive care treatment and, and possibly dying. That is the thing that we as a civilization need to be worried about. And the data coming out of Italy demonstrated pretty quickly, I, I would say already by mid-March, that this was what the medical science scientists refer to as a risk stratified illness. It does not pose a lethal or hospitalization threat to everyone in society. There are certain high risk groups uh, for which it's truly a threat. And I noticed that there was no discussion of this. Right. Um, and even it, though they, was, they, they published it in the New England Journal of Medicine in March of 2020 that the death rate was 0.1%, which is the same roughly as the seasonal flu. That was published early on, but they didn't discuss it. And it, you saw, it yeah, sounds well, like, so, John... So if, if oh, I could, allow me, if, if I can, just to, to continue on this. I mean, I think that the main area of confusion, to, to quickly determine um, the case fatality rate, is extremely difficult to do because um, you would have to know the, the total number of cases, which is something that we didn't know. So in order to establish the case fatality ratio of an infectious disease, you would need to gather a large amount of data over a pretty long period of time in order to come to any kind of sensible conclusions about this. But you know, this is the problem is that all of this frightful stuff was being thrown around that led everyone to believe it poses an equal threat to everyone, right. regardless of, of your age, your, your health condition. I mean, the way this was being presented was it's equally dangerous to, to a young athlete as it is to an 80-year-old living in a senior home. And so I knew that that can't be true. And the second thing was as soon as anyone presented a, a, an idea a proposal with observational data, and I'm speaking of doctors in the field, for a treatment. Like There are repurposed drugs. There is a long tradition of re drug repurposing. Um, it's a, a long honorable tradition in medicine. That is to use existing medications for which we know the safety profile because millions of people have taken them and see if they have some efficacy in treating other illnesses. Many, many drugs that have been on the market for decades have been successfully repurposed to treat other conditions apart from the one that it was originally FDA approved for on the advertising label. Suddenly, right. in March of 2020, the whole idea of anything that could treat this disease, that could inhibit the virus, that could alleviate symptoms, just enough to keep someone out of real trouble, was immediately suppressed, maligned, um, 
became the subject of a massive propaganda campaign. And I know propaganda when I see it. I've studied uh, history and political history and military history for 40 years. So this is obviously a propaganda campaign against these treatment modalities. So at that point, I, I realized that we're looking at a, a massive fraud and a, a for-the-high-risk group that was being deprived of medication. I, I, would, I would, under criminal law, I think it meets the standard of mass negligent homicide. We we agree that's very disturbing. And I know uh, we were wishing, and I think you were wishing at the time, that more doctors would rise up and speak out. So how did you, did you previously know Dr. McCullough? Did you already know him? Or how did you, um, you know, how did you meet him relative to this COVID crisis? Well, I was at home in Dallas visiting my family um, in February when this, you know, thing kicked off, um, at least in, in, I mean, I'd I saw the initial reports out of Wuhan, and then, but it hit Europe in February, and I realized, you know, I can't go home. I actually was living in Europe at the time, so I ended up remaining in Dallas. And once I started researching the story, I realized I need a top medical authority, one who's, you know, really has some academic chops as well as being a clinician. But he had to be more than that. He had to be not only a top medical authority, but one who was questioning the official orthodoxy coming out of Washington in the corporate media. So he had to have both qualifications. And I thought, well, you know, where am I going to find this guy? I mean, you know, he could be anywhere on earth. Um, there's a, a, a Frenchman named DBA Raoul in Marseille, France, but I couldn't get into Marseille. So, you know, who's it going to be? And as luck would have it, Dr. McCullough lives two miles away from me in Dallas. He's practically my neighbor. Wow. I saw his <clears throat> Senate. I saw his Senate testimony on C-SPAN, and um, and shortly thereafter, I thought, well, I've got to talk to this guy. So. I, I, I contacted him and requested an interview. That was almost exactly a year ago. And we, we quickly just, you know, compared notes and talked about what we were seeing and, and decided to write a book together. Well, we've been so impressed. We saw both of you a few weeks ago in Salt Lake City, which was an excellent presentation from both of you. We've also seen Dr. McCullough previously here in San Diego, and we're impressed with his with his heart, I would say, and his humanity and his courage, not to mention all his achievements, intelligence, etc. But recap for us. And by the way, Dr. McCullough also wanted to be on this interview, listeners. But guess what? He's actually treating patients right now. All the COVID experts we hear on TV that haven't seen a patient in, like, ever Dr. McCullough actually treats patients, including COVID patients. But could you recap the story, John, of Dr. McCullough's father coming down with COVID? And because I think that really affected the path he took forward with this stuff. Yes, that's I, I would like to emphasize to your listeners that it's very easy as we talk about this subject to get drawn into long conversations about medical data and and you know we talk we mentioned drug repurposing and case fatality rates and all of this stuff, which is all very important in terms of ascertaining what's going on. But our book tells the story of this. 
Um, it, it's not just a sort of a medical reference guide. It, we, we actually tell the story of Dr. McCullough and his colleagues as SARS-CoV-2 arrives, you know, how they uh, realized the problem, how they researched it. They discovered that, in fact, there are treatment modalities. And then the second part of this whole saga and battle is once they figured out you know, what could help to keep people out of hospital and dying, you know, no sooner did they start publishing on this in the academic literature that they start getting all of this censorship and and suppression of their own efforts and their careers stripped. And, and so it's, it's, a, it's a kind of story of someone who's trying to tell the truth to mankind who runs afoul of the prevailing orthodoxy and the prevailing you know, authorities who then punish him for it. And let me um, tell you, as, you know, a, I, I, as, a, as a, a, a health professional, this has never happened before. Usually doctors are allowed to be doctors and use their good judgment and individualize the care for each patient, not be told from a, a high authority what protocol they have to follow. This is just unprecedented, and usually they get together and confer with each other and come up with a treatment plan, and not they weren't allowed to do that. And, 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 and to censor somebody like Dr. McCullough is just outrageous. I mean, It, it is criminal, it just, and it's so, kind of criminal. We're coming up to a break now, but stay tuned, yeah. folks. We will be right back with John Leake. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. We are back with author and investigator John Leake. He's the author of the Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex. He's telling the real story of what happened with Dr. Peter McCullough and some of his other colleagues that stood up to big pharma and treated patients. So, uh, Mr. Leake, tell us what happened with the story of Dr. McCullough's father and how that set him on a path to treating patients uh, against the protocols uh, but and I just want to say also, there's so many interesting stories in the book of the actual people that experience this. Patients, what happened with between them and the doctors, and how the the hospital administrators refused to give them t- treatments, even though they were dying. I mean, it's it's appalling, but it's a it's an interesting story, and everybody should know about these things that happened. Well, so um, remember, remember, um, as we evaluate this, it, it, it's being presented to the world as a novel infectious disease. Uh, you know, so by definition, we don't know that much about this. This is what we're being told. Right. So under normal circumstances, what you would expect is for doctors with extensive training and clinical practice to quickly set about finding some way to save their patients. It's new. We're learning. You know, we don't already know every, our knowledge, our understanding is imperfect, but just because it's imperfect doesn't mean that you, you don't try. You, you, you use your, your, your clinical judgment 
to um, to find a way as best as you can while the person is sick right now. We don't have time to wait for a, a randomized controlled trial whose results might not be available for months when you have a dying patient on your hands now. Or so, a vaccine, is, an experimental vaccine that may or may not be okay. Correct. Uh, correct. So. So, yeah. so when um, I'm, I'm just mindful of time. So when, when I mean, as Dr. McCullough was, you know, time is something that we have to deal with. So if someone's sick now, you do your best. So he w- was put to the test with just this proposition when his own father fell severely ill with COVID-19. His father was at a nursing home. The, the, uh, the medical people in the home called and, and he said, listen, you know, I've been studying on this. I'm actually got in the early phase a paper that, we're, that I'm I'm doing on treatment for with the intention of publishing it. Here's what we're going to do for my father. And so he used repurposed drugs and supplements um, to keep his father from dying and succeeded. His father had the most um, concerning. Profile. I mean, judging by the data coming out of Wuhan and Milan, his, his father, you know, 83 years old, flat on his back from a multiple pelvic fracture with, with uh, uh, impaired mechanical lung function, diabetic, um, really just a disaster. But Dr. McCullough was able to pull his old father through. And so it's a very seminal moment, or I should say a decisive moment in the story where he realizes, you know, I used my judgment to treat my own father and succeeded. So I'm not going to sit back and do nothing for the rest of my patients. And if I'm not going to sit back and do nothing for the rest of my patients, then I'm not going to remain silent for the rest of the world. So it it is um, a poignant moment in the story. Um, A lot of people have told me it's a real Mm -hmm. tearjerker, which is satisfying to hear as as an author. Um, And um, but I think it did put him on the path of becoming something more than just a treating physician. He I think he realized that that or had the first inkling of a realization that he was going to become something like a public person. Right, which he didn't expect to do. He didn't expect to be on the world stage like he has. Even though he had so yeah. many peer-reviewed publications, yeah. I mean, within the specialty and within medicine, I would think he'd be relatively well known, at least from those people who read research, but not on a, not testifying before the Senate and being on TV and all that stuff. Yeah, and he has not stopped to be speaking out. He's been constantly trying to warn people. That, yes, you can be treated. There are treatments available. They're li- you know they're 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 lying to you. Yes, they are. <laughs> Why not? You've Got to use that word. I mean, well, so so, so this is this is the, the theme, the the broader theme that what happened to our medical system in the United States is our entire medical profession just with with few exceptions, Doctor McCullough being probably the most notable. Our, our establishment just said, you know, there is no treatment um, and uh, we'll, we'll have to wait for a vaccine um, in order to, to go back to normal. So this is something we ultimately narrow our focus on in the book is what is going on with yeah. the suppression of early treatment. 
and it, it um, all of the totality of circumstances. Um, what it what it all points to is that already there was this new generation technology, vaccine technology that um, biopharmaceutical companies had been experimenting with in their labs, these messenger RNA vaccines. And with the arrival of SARS-CoV-2, there was a perception within what we call the biopharmaceutical complex that now is our big chance to obtain funding and to launch this new generation of vaccines on, on, on a truly global scale. So public health policy became relentlessly and entirely focused on the vaccine rollout. So what we were told by the biopharmaceutical complex, its leading luminaries, Bill Gates and Tony Fauci being two of the bigger ones, was that there's nothing we, we can do but social distance, shelter in place, stay at home, but rest assured that a vaccine is on the way. So this is what intelligence services would call a psyop, a psychological operation being exercised on an entire population. Mm. Everyone needs to be terrified. However, we do have a solution forthcoming. So what this does is it places singular hope on the one solution that is going to be forthcoming and in this case it's this vaccine that was presented as a panacea so we find that in the final analysis what we're looking here at here is a massive massive fraud that has been perpetrated on on all of mankind hard to believe these guys could pull it off it's 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 hard to believe and this fraud cost many lives and i believe in the book you have a a well con, uh, constructed estimate of uh, it's an, of course an estimate but how many people have probably died needlessly because they were blocked from access to safe and effective treatments isn't the estimate something bordering on 500,000 people that needlessly died from covid I mean, these are these are estimates, um, and and the estimate is is based on a sliding scale over time. As doctors like Dr. McCullough, as their knowledge became you know more more advanced with greater understanding of how to do this, but had had early aggressive home treatment for the high risk. So there, there are a couple of things that would have had to have been done. First of all, quit all of this obscuring the reality of what we're facing. Like, tell the truth. Who who gets into trouble with this? Determine the high-risk groups. And then if, if someone who is within that high-risk group, from their, be it their age, if they have metabolic diseases, uh, high blood sugar, there are a number of markers that you can you can quickly ascertain and know, okay, you've got this thing, you're in the early stage of it, you still it's still mostly in your nose, you have cold like symptoms, but you could get into trouble with this. So we're gonna start aggressively treating you right now at home. John, we all, we don't have very the- much time left. Can you get into the biopharmaceutical con- complex and yeah, so just, just and just, and how had many that, had that, ma'am? Had that been the policy from the beginning, yeah. 
we think that about 670,000 people could have been saved. Wow, 670,000. It was less than, yeah. I mean, you've, you've in, increased the estimate since then. And I think that agrees with Dr. Blaylock, who, by the way, everyone, has a article published on the NIH website. And he, he totally vindicates Dr. McCullough. He's a top neurosurgeon as well. He lay, lays out a lot, of, a lot of the same lies that uh, have been documented in the book, The Courage to Face COVID-19. So um, just in the remaining time, just tell about more about the, the big pharma, bio, biopharmaceutical complex, and how much they have influence over our major medical institutions and including our press. You, you listed it. In well, what, what we call the, the biopharmaceutical complex, the expression derives from President Eisenhower's farewell address in 61, in which he warned the American people of the rise of what he called the military-industrial complex. It's, it's a conglomeration of, um, of interests. In the, in the military-industrial complex, you're talking about the defense industry, uh, the Department of Defense, the people in the Pentagon. And the co- Eisenhower's concern, and he would know he was a military man himself, is that the military-industrial complex can start pursuing interests that don't necessarily represent those of defending the American citizen. War becomes a business. Exactly. Um, and um, and, and so they, it starts... It starts so, so this has probably even become more <laughs> comprehensive with the biopharmaceutical yeah. complex. And John, believe it or not, we're already at the end of our time, so we're going to have to have you and Dr. McCullough on again. Just real yeah. quick, give us your website that people can refer to. It's couragetofacecovid.com. And the title of the book is, once again, tell us. Uh, the Courage to Face COVID-19 preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex. So we encourage all of our listeners to get that book, to read the stories of what actually happened from a very, a very good writer and the doctor that was facing these actual patients. So thank you for being with us today, Mr. Lee. We'll have to have you again. Uh, but you will be informed, amazed, and inspired when you get this book till next week join us next saturday at noon for biblical citizen let's roll your hosts brian and kathleen melanakis seek to educate and activate christians at a grassroots level helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good next week we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.